You hear me? There we go. <clears throat> My daughter texted me this morning, and she said, Mom, she said, uh, well, she said a couple things, actually. She's a lot like me. She said, you know, just pretend you're at the top of a ski lift. Now, I'm a skier. Um, and you're going, you're, you're accidentally, well, she didn't say accidentally. I, it would have been an accident on my part, that you're at the top of a double black diamond full of bumps. And it's a powder day, so have at it. And then she said, you know what, Mom? She said, remember that you're in a room full of friends. Friends, I get it. Friends that get it. You know, as we were singing these songs this morning, I'm just going, doggone it, our walk with the Lord just doesn't make sense. It's impossible. I mean, who says, you know, that I'm glad about thinking of my sin? I'm just like, seriously? But because we have the righteousness of God covering us, you bet that we can say, even though it doesn't feel like it, that everything is good with my soul. And so yesterday we talked about um, some of Paul's prayers and, and he starts and he puts a frame around things and he says, may God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart a total sense of well-being into your lives. Can you just close your eyes with me and take in a deep breath and tell him that you're willing to receive his grace and his well-being. Father God, thank you <laughs> that before anything else and through everything and at the end of everything is your grace and is your well-being. Father, filter my every word. Speak deep into our hearts with the framework of grace and peace. In Jesus' name. And then we touched on the fact that Paul has a relationship with the elders and the believers in, in Ephesus to whom he's writing. And he prays. He prayed that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Now it's curious because I'm thinking, you know what? I usually get right to the point, just ask what I want to ask. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, he goes to a lot of effort to say who he's praying to. He keeps this interplay between the, the Trinity. He says, the Father of Jesus Christ. And then sometimes he says, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. <laughs> and then Notice that all the power that makes these things possible that he's asking for comes through the Holy Spirit. 
is an intricate, there's an intimacy, there is an, an intimate relationship between the three of them. And his desire for us is that we not only know about, but that we engage with, connect with, walk life with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ and the Father. And so Paul prayed that through a spirit of wisdom and revelation, we would know him, journey with him, connect with him, believe in him a little bit more. And we touch on the fact, well, what happens when that belief factor, that trust factor, that if you have faith factor, isn't so much of a factor of reality? And that's where we know that he has chosen us. He has given us the engagement ring of the Holy Spirit for things to come. And he says, I have chosen you. I know you. I am going to be with you. And I want you, I want to invite you to walk with me. <laughs> Are you in a hurry there, Judyanne? Because that's okay. If that's where I'm supposed to go, I will go to chapter 2. Trust me. <laughs> you know, having grown up in Italy and Spain and have traveled the world, um, literally, I, I love a good bargain, right? I love to go shopping. I love to spend money. Ask my husband. He'll guarantee it. That's why we don't have a savings account. But that happened before we even got married, so he should have known. It was our, we had a great courtship. Anyway, sorry. Focus. <laughs> 100% guarantees. You come back to America and you have to go, you know, into Macy's or Kohl's or Savers or whatever. Even at Savers, doggone it, you can get 100% guarantee and take your stuff back. I mean, how good is that, you know? And in other countries, in, in Spain and in Italy, it depends on the store that you go to where if they might, in one store, maybe, this year, they might give you your money back. More often than not, they, well, maybe they would give you store credit, but more often than not, it's your loss. I have to make a good decision and live with it, or a bad decision and live with it. Good news is, our clothing boutique has 100% guarantee. <laughs> Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because again, what, I've, what I have been prompted to share with you over and over again is that when we pray the word of God, it is 100% guarantee he's going to answer us. He invites us into praying his will. And so it is because of Christ that we can come now boldly and confidently into his presence. Today, we're going to be touching on his power. How do we get it? What's it look like? Why would he give it to us? What's its purpose? And I'm going to start by reading Ephesians 3, 14 to 17a. He says, for this reason, 
grasping the greatness of this plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God, the first and the ultimate Father. May he grant you, out of the riches of his glory, he's supremely rich. I'm not going to run out. And it's going to be his pleasure that we partake in the riches of his glory. So may, we be, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. The indwelling of your innermost being, your gut, ladies, your gut, your soul, and your personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, yesterday, I forgot to tell you that your tables, on your tables, you have some word dictionary descriptions of work that I've done. And those are for your personal reference. But when you're looking at your Bible and you're going, uh, where's that at? It's usually a word study that I've done. So some of those words I didn't cover yesterday, and some of them I did. So the ones that we're dealing with today should be on there, Ephesians 3, 14 to 17a. So he starts, he says, so this, for this reason, and he goes into a second prayer, right? Because this is the second prayer in three chapters. This first one is in Ephesians 1, and the, first, and the second one here is in Ephesians 3. So what, reasons he, what reason is he referring to? He's referring that, he's, that he is, again, excited, confident that the fact that God in his mercy, in his mystery, in his will, wants everyone to know Jesus Christ, Jews and Gentiles together. And I like Paul. I think, I think he's pretty, pretty European because actually you start, maybe even Italian. Let's, let's, let's have at it. Don't quote me on this, okay? But anyway, emotionally, in his first chapter, especially at the end of the first chapter, when he's going off on God's power, and Jesus is Christ's power, and how immense and all-encompassing it is, and he uses like 15 different words to describe God's power. Now he's at three, and he goes back to that. He says, for the reason that you have been chosen, lavishly loved, adopted, sealed by the Holy Spirit, you have the ability and the invitation to come boldly and confidently into his presence. That's the reason, okay? So now, on top of it, he says, but there's still a reason to pray. Hmm? And he says, he says, I bow my knees. So he's an excited Italian on his knees. I mean, sheets, come on, seriously. In reverence, in anticipation, in awe. He himself is getting to know God at a deeper level. 
He's engaging with him in his life. He's engaging with the Spirit of God. He's engaging with his redemption of Jesus Christ. He's living it out. He's excited, and he's praying because his desire is that his beloved friends grow in maturity in Christ and actually see them live that out. So he's on his knees, and again, he's, he references his prayer to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he continues on to describe that. From whom every family in heaven and earth derive its name. Every single one of you are a special daughter. You are his favorite daughter. You were chosen. And that's who he's addressing this prayer to. Does it make a difference? Absolutely, who you're addressing your prayers to. Does he have the ability to answer? Does he care? Does he know? Does he really want what's best for me? Does he know what's going on in the uh, inside of me when I don't understand what's going on? Does he know? Absolutely he knows. And that's who we're talking to. And he says... Oh, God, may, please, for my dearest, dearest daughters, would you give them out of the riches of your glory? Does it matter how much he has as a resource? You bet it does. Now, here it gets a little tricky, because if my dad's a multimillionaire, then, you know, I can kind of assume I'm entitled to what he has. But he says it's not material wealth that he's referring to. It's eternal, significant, empowering, making a difference, worth living for wealth, his glory. And he says, I have the full riches of his glory, and that's who I'm asking. That's, that's the resource from which this prayer can be answered. And he not only is so wealthy, he's dad. He wants the best for you. But he not only wants the best for you, remember, he longs, he longs to be known as well. He longs for us to want to be with him, not just for what we're going to get, but for who he is. He's not going to force it and manipulate it and say, because you're my daughter, you're going to have to love me. It's not that way. It's the best type of healthy, functional, I know those are weird words around, not just here, sorry, but outside as well, relationship. May he give you out of this wealth of eternal significance to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power. I don't know where you're at spiritually. I know I have friends and I've had times where the coin phrase, dark night of the soul, Or maybe 
you're just worn out. Slightly cynical. Kind of hard to be a missionary long term without kind of getting an edge <laughs> of cynicism. Tired? He says, my prayer for you, my desire for you, my passion for you is that you would be spiritually energized and strengthened by his spirit. Ladies, it makes all the sense in the world that for all the, 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 the expectation, the desire, the passion, the effort that we put forth to be strong spiritually, if it is not done in the power of the spirit, it is impossible because it's not normal. It's not, I, maybe that's why I like it. I don't like to be normal. It's, it's not normal to have peace in tribulation. It's not normal to have joy when all help, when, when everything's going to pot. Sorry. It, it's just not normal. But he, uh, sorry, he offers, he offers it to us through his spirit. You see, we learn very quickly that God is more interested in our holiness than in our comfort. Doggone it, because I really like to be comfortable. Aha. Man, he delights in the maturity and the purity of his church, his family, than in the material well-being of its members. Because if it weren't true, why would these, be, be, these believers in Ephesus being persecuted and being killed and being beaten and being kicked out of the places that they live because there was no freedom of religion. This is not a me-centered, this is a me-centered prayer. It's not just about me. Even though my relationship is individual and is uniquely, he's uniquely chosen you to be his daughter, I'm sorry to tell you, but it is not just about you and how strong you are, it is connected always with people around you and the family of God. So the power that he's asking for is always mediated through his spirit. Why in, in our inner being? You know, the inner being, if you think of Paul, he has been beaten, persecuted, kicked out, shipwrecked. His body's a wreck. Okay? And he's only 30-something years old. But his body's a wreck. And he's saying, you know what? It's my, it's my faith. It's my, it's my emotions. It's my inner strength. It's, it's who I am that people don't really know. It's what's going on inside of me that is not public information. And he says, and it's that part of me that I am praying will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't assume that it's going to happen. He doesn't assume that the power of God and the spirit of God is just going to happen. He's asking for it. And he's not asking just once. Remember, I am constantly praying for you. He prefaces that with I give thanksgiving. He takes the time to be say, I see that you have grown in your walk with God. And I thank God for that. And at the same time, I ask often that you would grow and be strengthened in your inner being. 
Now, inner being here is synonymous with your heart. And your heart is where you have, if you're honest, deep yearnings, longings, that unidentifiable, that, that sense of, isn't there something more? Something that would complete me more? Your heart is also your belief system, your thought system, your mind. It's your emotions. And your heart are your choices. It's kind of all-inclusive. And he's going to the heart of the matter. He's going to your innermost being and your personality, where people don't necessarily see you, but the overflow of your heart they do see, don't they? And he's saying, I'm praying that in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the angst, I'm praying that you will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit in your inner, me, inner man, inner woman. <laughs> That's me. <clears throat> Why? It's not like Simon the sorcerer, where he says, I want that same power so that I can manipulate and control but maybe we're not Simon the Sorcerer. And this power sounds pretty good. Well, then, then I can control the people around me. I can kind of manipulate them. But that's not why he's asking it. He's asking it at the, in 17a, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I like the way that the message puts it. It says, as you will invite him in to reside with you. Dwelling is coming home. When Christ by his spirit takes re up residence with us, he has a lot of things in our house, in our home, that he trips up on. Right? If he were to come to my garage, Lord help us all. Well, it would be him, so he would help. Um, <laughs> he comes in, if you invite him, okay? And I'm not talking about salvation. I'm, I, I'm talking about your inner being. If you invite him in, then he wants to gently come alongside you, work with you, to put things in order. You see, you can't have him in your life and have the fullness of his power working in your inner being and your personality to reflect the, the fruit of the spirit if there is flesh, controlled, anger, bitterness, resentment, judgment, condemnation. We need to, as we invite him in to dwell, because he's strengthening, strengthening us in our inner spirit, that strength in his presence will empower us to release, to recognize, oh yeah, that's out of place. It's not my color, Debbie said. 
But you know what? It's too big of a piece of furniture for me to move. And he said, that's all right. I'll help you. He wants to come into our, be invited into our lives so that the home is obviously his. It's got the stamp of his personality on it. When I first moved to Denver, we um, had bought all the, the things that we needed for your basic home setup. And there was not one picture on the wall for probably a good month. Because I did not have the guts to put up the pictures of Spain and Italy of, quote, my identity, my heart in a house in Denver because I didn't want anybody in Denver to know me simply from Denver as a point of reference. Oh, I fought that. So much so, my house would still be bare to this day if I had not asked my sister-in-law to fly in from Oregon to help me do it. So I flew her in. And uh, she's the type of person like, good, you flew me in for a job, let's do it. I said, yeah, but you don't understand, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's why I asked you to do it. Well, I'm not going to do it if you don't do it, what? With me. And so in the midst of laughter and tears and me throwing tizzy fits and her just kind of gently, gently coming alongside, we put things together. And today, if you're in Denver, want to come by for some coffee, my house, my door is always open. It will not always be clean. And you are more welcome to come in. But the fragrance is European, worldwide, and Lord willing, is the Spirit of God, a sense of peace. The Holy Spirit's key here, and it isn't just a matter of receiving power and strength, like when you pray for power and then, poof, all of a sudden your house is clean. Even if you had a live-in, well, maybe if you had a live-in cleaner, it might happen that way, but not normally. I spend two hours before a cleaner comes in to pre-clean my house. I mean, <laughs> crazy. But my point here is, is that it's not a matter of just asking and then, boom, it happens. There's a participation and an engagement through prayer and through yielding, admitting, allowing him to help, and actually moving ahead. The Holy Spirit wants to give us a power, and he wants to engage in deep intimacy with you. Now, the word intimacy is a loaded word, I think, largely because of the way the world interprets it, you know usually physical intimacy, your love scenes in your, in your uh, chick flicks, you know, it's, it's perfect. And we're created with that yearning, that hole in our lives that, that demands, screams, is hungry for, longs for intimacy. But I think, I think it can get distorted. Because it was interesting, I looked it up in the actual dictionary. I said, okay, can, can we take the loadedness, boof, this thing out of this word, and, and Webster's Dictionary defines it as togetherness, affinity, rapport, attachment, familiarity, 
friendliness, affection, warmth, confidence, emotional closeness. I don't know about you, but that, that helps decharge the, the vagueness, the almost impossibility of, the disappointment in, but I'm not in a relationship, so how? What, how do I do this intimate thing with the Spirit of God and the intimate thing with the people around me and, and perhaps with a loved one? But he says, that's what I want you to do. I'm, I'm praying that by the power of the Spirit of God, you would be energized, spiritually energized in your inmost personality by the Spirit, by the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. And it is possible. And if, if that causes angst in you, soak there. Stay with it. Peel it back. Ask him to show you. Ask yourself, do you have an affinity with the Spirit? Do you enjoy sometimes when he answers a prayer and you see somebody change? Or you're finally able to identify a stronghold and, 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 and you finally put it at his feet and he frees you? Do you have that sense of walking alongside him every once in a while? You know what? I don't care who it is, but you're not, intimacy is not 100% of the time. You can't live at this high, high, high all the time. It's just not normal. Well, it's not normal. It's life. So taste and see that he's good and engage with his invitation. Make no mistake, when Christ first moves into our lives, he finds us in bad shape. (laughs) It takes a lot of power to change us, doesn't it? And that's why he's praying for power. There's power in the ask. The condition of your house doesn't prompt Christ to leave or dread coming into your life. And it doesn't, the condition of your house doesn't make him not even want to come. You see, his power, weirdly enough, does best in our weaknesses, in our messes, (laughs) in our, I am so tired, I can't even think straight. There's so much chaos. And dang it, my three, four kids are going to mess it up in a half, half hour anyway. You know, I don't have anybody coming right now. Why do I have to clean up? No, but he says, no, I, I, I want to be at home with you. I want the real you. If you feel so defeated or know that you've disappointed God because you've disappointed yourself or somebody else on your team or your friend or your partners, your supporters, or your family, perceived or actual, and you believe God doesn't like what he sees, or you feel that you can't ask for every, you can't ask for the very kind of power you desperately need, know that he wants to come anyway, and he will come gently and take up residence to help you out. He will. He will. You ask, you invite, and he will. There are times when I pray this prayer, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this, this, sounds, this sounds really good. But you know what? My reality sometimes is, oh, 
you know what? I feel weak and spiritually depleted in the innermost part of who I am. I really do. I am bone tired. I'm weary. I'm worn. And I'm cynical. (laughs) I'm so done with this. It's like I'm not playing this game. And I'm at a place where no one knows or sees or really cares. Yet I still have to function and put on a certain face for my friends, team, family, supporters, nationals. You know what? I'm not even sure still that Christ dwells in me because, shoot, I don't remember when I really had a last devotional. (laughs) And in my heart, shoot, my thoughts, my emotions aren't exactly full of the fruit of the Spirit. And my choices and where I'm looking for to fill my thirst. I don't know. I don't know which, which is more your reality. The heart cry of just going, I need this. I'm asking for you. I'm asking you to give me this inner strength in the innermost part of my being. I desire, I invite you, Jesus, to come in and dwell. Or are you at that place where you just go, I'm, I don't even know that I can ask that. And in either case, it's okay because the Spirit is interceding for us. Jesus Christ is praying for us. It is not dependent even on my emotional ability to believe and to take steps to be healthy. He will, as we have prayed and can continue to pray, he will answer And it might be a little fuzzy as to how he answers, but he will answer. You know, I don't think that we necessarily question the fact that he has power and is all-powerful. We love the songs. We declare it. There's no issue with him. (laughs) That's him. The disconnect happens sometimes when what we think it should look like and when it should look like And how it should look like in my life, and when that doesn't happen, that's when the disconnect happens. Because he he doesn't play by my rules. You see, it's what we were talking about yesterday. Is God who I need him to be because that's who I've created him to be? Or will I open that box and allow him and ask him to reveal himself as he really is? And the same issue is here. Will Will I, can I... Ask him to show me what his power looks like and how it will affect me according to the way he wants to? Or does it have to fit into my perception of what a powerful, victorious Christian life looks like? Dare we let go of our idea of what his power looks like? Are we willing to exchange my idea, my control, my perception of what his power would look like in my life, my life would look X, Y, and Z if I were X, Y, and Z, and if he were. Are we willing to exchange that, my perception, and invite him to show me what his power looks like in the innermost parts of my being? I had a scenario... When we came back from Spain, I told you that my kids were, th- my, William, my oldest, was 13. Michael was 7, and my daughter was 11. 
We were in um, Whittier, California, and my seven-year-old was in the bathroom. And we had come back due to his auditory processing issues, and so he was going through a battery of tests for the school system, and he was with a child psychologist. Um, and he actually had an incident where during his physical, his heart rate was started going, you know, Richter scale kind of thing off. And so he had to wear a heart monitor. And we were in the bathroom one day, and, and, uh, and he just starts screaming and crying. And he just said, I hate change. I hate it. I hate it. Mom, would you just hit me? Would you just hit me? Would you spank me? Oh, gosh. You're just going, sweetheart. And I just held him for all I was worth. And I cried with him. And I prayed, Jesus, Jesus, would you please speak truth? Because this is a lie from the pit of hell. But change is so hard. It's so hard. And, I, and during that time, my son, my 13-year-old, was angry. He was volatile. He was physically, he slammed things. And he'd run outside. And he was just in screaming pain, having left his best friends. And I was so, so depressed that I ran red lights because I couldn't think straight. And I couldn't string one thought in front of the other. And in the midst of that, you're just going, but God, where's your power? I know it was the right thing to do. And I know that in the midst of it, you're showing yourself faithful because you've provided the speech therapist. You've provided the... Um, <laughs> The Marine, who was the swim coach at the nearest pool where we sent my 13-year-old, who beat the snot out of my son every day, so he didn't have any strength to fight us anymore when he came home. <laughs> Just feed him and go to bed. And we did that seriously for a month's time. God showed up in the midst of the angst. And I didn't get in a car accident, thank God. In the midst of the... It's right, but it, it doesn't feel good. He says, I had to say continually, breathe. God, you are God. I am not. You are God. I am not. And then Proverbs 3, 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and your all your soul. Lean not unto your own understanding because God only knows this makes no sense. And he will direct your path one day at a time. And ladies, he did. He does. He is. That is what God's power is. But it doesn't take away the angst and the struggle and the, the pain and, the, and the, the sin that's there sometimes. It's, it's okay to live in a paradox of, of raw emotion. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to do the right thing. He wants more. He wants to give you the riches out of his glory. And he wants to give you that sense of grace being released 
over you and a sense of peace. It's here where I want to, I, I, I just, I, I want to, you to stop and I want, I want to ask, what might be some of those things that are blocking you living under the power of his strength? What might be some of those things that are toe-holding, that instead of the flow of his, his purifying power, so that the river is flowing in abundance, there's just a little trickle as if there's a drought. Might there be resentment and anger and saying, no, God, you didn't play it by my rules. Your power is not the way that I demand that it be. And the more we dig in our heels like that, the less blessings are able through the spirit who is pure to be able to flow through and give us life. But there lies from the pit of hell. Can you, will you sit under the tree with the promises that you've been given and say, I believe, help me in my unbelief. You see, I think that one of the things that blocks me with the power of letting it be his power, not mine, is my desire to control people and things plays a factor. <laughs> Imagine that, me, wanting to be controlling. <laughs> Anybody that saw me doing clothes the other day would know that. <laughs> you see, in addition to wanting to usurp God's power by telling him what I think is best for me, I usurp others' power and God's power in their lives by, by deciding I know what's best for them. And then I become frustrated, angry, and upset when they or God does not comply or do it fast enough. A concept that's been really helpful to me was authored by Larry Crabb. And he says, we frequently confuse goals and desires. Goals are something that we can control. You can control. So there's good news, and then there's bad news. Good news is, there are things that you can control. I can choose, for example, to figure out one thing to be thankful for every day. That's totally up to me. I can choose to do that. Okay? But desires are things that we hope will happen, but they're dependent on others outside of yourself. For example, can you read it? I desire to get along with my roommate. I desire to have a close friend. You can't control the other person that's going to be your close friend. You can't control how you're going to get along or not get along with your roommate. I mean, you can do your part, but you can't control the other aspect of it. So that's a desire. Okay? Discerning the difference between these two things may help lessen the frustration of not being able to control situations and focus on what you can control. Do the things that you can do. 
and pray for the things that you can't. You see, I, work, I can work really hard to fulfill a goal, and I can pray very hard for God to work in the person or situation to fulfill my desire. If I continue to pursue a desire that requires the cooperation of someone else in the same way that I would pursue my goal, because I'm driven for it to happen, I'm going to feel powerless. Because I am. I can't control somebody else's actions and feelings. I can only control that which involves only me, and even then I need the power of the Holy Spirit to change me. And the reason I bring it up is because we can feel powerless when people or things don't change as we want. We can, here's the good news, however, own our own responsibilities and see progress in our goals. Differences between goals and desires can lessen some of that frustration. I love Henry Nowenji's approach to prayer in the midst of feeling power or powerlessness. He says that a true image of God calms rather than provokes fear. Despite his inner fears, he, puts, he put his trust in the character of God. He learned about fear that you don't run away from it, but feel it, see it through, and stand up to it. Look at it straight in the face. So I'm praying, this is classic, I'm praying while not knowing how to pray. Anybody relate? <laughs> I'm resting while feeling restless. Peace while tempted. Safe while still anxious. Oh, safe while still anxious. Surrounded by a cloud of light while still in darkness. In love while still doubting. Ultimately, he placed his trust in God who holds me who holds each one of you, who loved me long before I came into life and will love me long before I've died. The paradox of feelings, the paradox of our reality is part of our home in where he wants to dwell. But he is inviting, he is waiting for the invitation to be invited in to all the rooms, the closets, and Lord help you all under my bed or in my garage. <laughs> Two things on my to-do list. I would like for us, if it works, um, to finish listening to a song called Blessings by Laura Story. It's when power doesn't look the way we thought it would. 
The all-powerful God doesn't demonstrate power the, the way we think he should and when he should. He takes and he invites us deeper. Take a listen to it. blessings we pray for peace comfort for family protection while we sleep we pray for healing for prosperity we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life? Your mercies in disguise. We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear, and we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. Doubt your love as if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while, you hear each desperate plea and long that we'd have faith to believe. Cause what if your blessings come through?
Would you join me on your knees while I pray this prayer over each one of you? Father God, we're on our knees before you. We desperately need you. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you that our name comes from you. Father God, would you please give each one of us, your children, out of the riches of your glory, to be strengthened and spiritually energized with your power through your Holy Spirit, in our inner self, in the indwelling of our innermost being and personality, so that as we invite you, Jesus, into our lives, you can dwell, you can make your home in us. Your, your personality, your fragrance will be seen in our lives and you'll help us clean and order and make it home. That is what we ask. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.